Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. Is my text today. Sunday school lesson, the songs, everything's led up to this, this time. You're here for a reason today. God, God knew you'd be here when he gave me this message. And, uh, and I pray that it'll... Uh, that'll help us all. I'm going to warn about some things. We may not be out of here at 12 sharp today. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, First Timothy 4 and verse number 1, if you found it, shout amen. amen. Now the Spirit, that's the Holy Ghost, capitalized, speaketh expressly, plainly, clearly, That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. <clears throat> Giving heed <coughs> to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having their conscience... Seared with a hot iron. Father, I love you. And I thank you, Lord, for this day and what I felt in my heart. For this place and these people and for what you're about to do with this word. God, I know and am convinced that this is the unerring word of God. It's forever settled in heaven and men can't do a thing about it. God, we can either get with the program or get left behind. I pray that you'd bless this word today. You would fill my mouth. I ask you to guard my tongue, and I need your help to be accurate in the Scripture. Now, now I'm coming to your throne of grace this morning, God, with boldness, because you said I could. I'm praying that you'd help us today. God, I pray you'd open every heart in this room to the infallible word of God. You need to touch everybody here. That word is perfect and holy and right. There's not a flaw in it. It's unerring. So help us, Lord, for your glory. I need you, Father. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen and amen. I... I've, uh, I've, uh, I want to, as an introduction, just quickly look at this. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times we see the time, and the time is now. I want us to understand, Paul's writing this some, some 15, 16 years before Jerusalem's destroyed by Titus. And if the time was then, where are we at now? We're in the latter time. There's no doubt about this. Paul, Paul later on is going to tell us in 2 Timothy, this know also that in the in latter, in latter days, now he's speaking of times, times lead up to days. 
perilous times shall come. I think we're in those times now with the, with the host of shootings and killings. It's become commonplace and we've become, as Brother Gordon used this term in Sunday school this morning, we've become calloused to what's going on around us. That some shall, that's strong language right there. Some shall, and then look what they shall do. Some shall depart from the faith. Now I'm not trying to train wreck your theology. You let the Holy Ghost speak to your heart about what that means. But I'm just going to tell you, I can never depart from this building unless I'm in it. Why? Why would they do that? It's the listening, giving heed, paying attention, having my mind focused on something rather than the Word of God and the way of God. Giving heed. And I'm preaching this morning on seducing spirits. The thing that is real and you can't see it. You can see the effects of it. When people give heed to seducing spirits, spirits, and they've departed from the faith. They're not paying attention to the faith that God's gave them. God gives every man the measure of faith. They're giving heed. They're paying attention. They're listening. They're focused upon seducing spirits. The word seducing there means roving. It means like a, like a tramp or a, a vagabond. That it is, it's going around. Spirit, there is uh, pneuma in the Greek. It means life. It's the breath of life. Same, the spirit of God. It's all the same. It's the thing that the thing that which gives you life. So it is a. It's it's something that can that that can in, encourage or or influence. I'm going to use that as a point in a moment. And it's alive. So it's, it is something that's alive that seduces. Now, you can't see everything that's living. There's probably stuff on your skin right now. If it was under a microscope, you'd go, ah! Because there's things living that the natural eye can't see. By the word of God this morning, I want to say that there is, there's things around you you can't see. Now, this is 
giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The doctrine is instruction. And devils here means demons. So it means, it means demons. Demons are an intelligent, living being. And then I'll go on. I'll probably get put on the board somewhere being a nut job for preaching this today. But it's right out of the Word of God. And here's why I'm preaching this today. Because even though you may be saved to the uttermost, you are susceptible to the influence of seducing spirits. Number one today, two things. Number one, I want us to be aware of their existence. So I'm not preaching about something that's just in my, made up or something in my imagination. I'm preaching something right out of the Word of God. In Matthew 4, 24, you know what they brought to Jesus right off the bat? What they brought to Jesus that they wanted people possessed by devils or demons. How did they know that they were possessed? Because of their actions in their lives. We would say, now in today's society, the crazier you are, the more accepted you are. I mean, they want you to do weird things and they'll put it on Facebook or TikTok and show you how grand this is. And you know what the seducing spirit does? Pay attention to that. Look at this. Think this way. Don't think that way. Don't think that way. No, don't. That's old. That's old. That don't work anymore. Don't think that way. But you think this way. This way everybody that's with it thinks. This is the way you ought to think. This way Holly Weird thinks. Here's, here's what you ought to do right here. Here's how you ought to think. Over and over, every morning, every night, every television show, every commercial, if a girl don't look a certain way, she ain't worth having. Hey, if a man don't do this, he ain't cool, he ain't a man. Over and over, the influence, the seduction, the seducing of the spirits, the demons. I'm talking about demons. You know what we're about to do? They're about to load our kids up this week and take them down there where there's no televisions or cell phones. And it's uncomfortable. And they're unplugged. And their influence is going to be the Word of God. Amen. 
So in Matthew, right off the bat, when Jesus begins his ministry, one of the first things they do is they bring possessed with devils to Jesus. In Matthew 8, 28, what do they do? They bring to Jesus those possessed with devils. In, in, in Matthew 12, 48, speaking to the unclean spirit that is in a man, when he goes out, he's looking for somewhere to go. He finds it, comes back to his house, finds it swept and garnished, and he brings back more than he had when he left. He brings some back with him. Hey, we're watching it every day, every day. You call me crazy if you want to, but I'll tell you why somebody takes a rifle, walks into a school, shoots a bunch of children, because they're possessed of the demons. That's why. That's exactly why they do it. And say, not my child. I'm about to burst your bubble in just a moment. It goes from Matthew 12, 43, when he's speaking to the unclean spirits, demons, to Matthew 17 and 18, when Jesus come down from the mount of transfiguration, he's got his three power men with him. The other boys have been down there at the bottom of the hill. They bring one to him that's possessed the devils, and they can't do nothing with him. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he had to flee. And someone might say, well, that was prior, that was pre-Calvary, that was pre, that was pre-crucifixion and pre-resurrection. Well, let's look at the book of Acts. After Calvary, after resurrection. In Acts chapter number five, verse number 16, you know what they brought to Peter? Those vexed with unclean spirits. What are those? Demons, devils. It goes on in Acts chapter number 16 in verse 16. Now Acts Paul. This woman was possessed with a spirit of divination. The Bible, if you run that down, and originally it means a spirit of python. You ought to do a study on that. Of the snake. And there it is. And Paul rebukes the demon and he has to flee. You know what demons need? Bodies. They can't do anything without one. They need a body. And they're looking for bodies and they're looking to be used and they are anti-God. They are against God. Now, I know you're thinking, well, where did they come from? God created all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I asked Cal Ray about evil spirits. He, he sent me one man's name, Dr. Sam Cathy. That's your guy. Sam Cathy was preaching in the 60s, 70s, 80s. He died in 2016, but his heyday was in, the, from what I can ascertain, was in the 70s and 80s, and there he is and, 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 and this, guy's, this guy's an authority on the subject of demons. He said, I'm not hyper about this. That's not all I preach and teach, but I am an authority on the subject. He said, I have dealt with them one-on-one. -on -one. 
as I'm preparing for this message, I'm about to tell a story right here. Somebody's going to think I'm, I've, I've went, fell off the wagon, but, but here it is. I have one time encountered that in my ministry only once. And somebody asked me to go see someone that was in a hospital somewhere. And when I got there, the mother was pacing up and down in the hallway. And no one was in the room with this child. And she was pacing up. And a child, I say child, is a young man. Pacing up and down, pacing up and down. And said, please go in and see if you can help him. I opened the door. I'm not making this up. This is exactly how it happened. I opened the door, and when I stepped from the hall into the room, I know temperatures is often different in a room than they are in the corridor, but when I stepped into the room, you could nearly see your breath. It was that cold. I shut the door. I tried to make small talk. This boy was growling like a dog. This come to my mind, Tony Wilson. There have been times people have asked me to pray with them when a dog's been present. And every time I go to prayer, the dog goes crazy. You know why? Something shows up and gets in Fido. That's why. Why's that? Because Fido don't have anything to block what's trying to get in there. I got to recalling that. There's been multiple times I've prayed with people and their, their animal went berserk when I called on the name of Jesus. This boy's growling like a dog. He's paralyzed on one side due to a stroke. Spirit of infirmity. One end of the bed's raised up. The other end of the bed's raised up. He's down in the middle. I've never seen anything like it. I knelt down beside the bed and tried to talk to him and he growls like a dog. At this time, Dusty, I didn't know what I was encountering. I, I never, I'd never faced this before. This was all new to me. All I know was, hey, it was hard to stay in the room, Paul. I knelt down beside that bed and touched his arm, and he went berserk. And I latched on and wouldn't let go. And I just fell on the floor and began to pray. I know why. Because I couldn't do nothing. But I knew the one that could. <laughs> I'd met my match. But he's no match for the one that knows me. Hey, I was out of my league. But I knew the captain of the host. I knew the one that could come and calm any situation. That's what I knew. And I begin to call upon the name of the Lord. I begin to pray. I mean, I called, I pleaded the blood. You know how you battle this stuff? The blood, that's how you battle it. I pled the blood, everything I knew, the stripes, the resurrection, and the intercessor seated at the right hand. Praise God, I'm just claiming everything I know. Hey, it's, is, it, is it spiritual? Oh no, it's cold. I feel like somebody's got a knife stuck in my heart. But I don't change the fact. Just because you feel it, that don't make it faith. Faith is when you can't feel it. And I'm preaching, and I'm praying, and I'm calling on God. Hey, Dennis, and it was as cold when I got through as it was when I began. I left the room and a tear-filled mama met me in the hallway and said, tell me, Brother Mike, 
did you do any good? And I said, I don't think so. Three days later or four, it's somewhere in there, three or four days later, I like to work everything on three days if I can. <laughs> I get a phone call and here's what they say. Uh, somebody wants to see you. I said, ah. let's go. Pat, you're going with me this time. <laughs> you can wait in the lobby, but I'm going to have some help. We drive off down to the hospital. It takes a while to get there. I start to, it's a lockdown ward. Some of you know what that means. It's a lockdown ward. I get to the door and a guy opens the door and says, come in. Said, you're the preacher. <laughs> I never saw this guy in my life. I'm walking down the hallway. It's a long hallway. I see the nursing station at the end. I'm walking down the hallway. I get to the end of the hallway. I looked at the nurse and she said, you're the preacher. Have I got a sign on me or something here? And I said, that's me. She said, you passed his room up. He's about three doors down on the left. They knew who I was coming to see. I'm, if I, I'm standing on green carpet telling you the God's truth today. I stepped in that room and that boy was standing there and started crying and looked at me and said, Brother Mike. He said, I've been waiting for you to get back. What happened there? Why's that boy growling at me like a dog a few days prior? And the next thing you know, he's standing on his feet. I'll tell you why. Because the king of glory walked up and rebuked the demon that was in that boy. So I can say by the authority of the word of God, the existence is real. Now I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. And I know they didn't come to be abrasive today or hurt anybody. I've, I've wallowed with this all night. I've wrestled. I've held him by the leg. He's held me by the leg. He's touched me in the hollow of my thigh. He's put it in my heart. I woke up early this morning unassisted, but by the hand of God, got in the, got in the cloth in the study and opened my Bible. Well, it was already here and began to read this again. God gave me these two words. One, the existence, and number two, the experience of them. I've only had that one encounter. I, just to be honest, I pray it never happens again. The outcome was glorious. But the experience of it was anything but. It was challenging. The existence than the experience concerning demons. You don't have to turn here. You'll know where I'm at when I begin to read. But I, I'm going to read this scripture to you because I don't want to mess it even one word up. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. Now God may test you, but here's why. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. 
So the way you act and respond to things, if God's tempting you and testing you, it will be according to the word of God, but it will not be with evil. It will not be. But every man is tempted. Here's how it occurs. When he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Now, in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Enticement is part, it would be a synonym with that, that, to entice. They are drawn away of their own lust. Now, the lust there does not hold only a sexual connotation, though it can mean that, but it also means anything, anything that's contrary to the will of God for your life or the thing that you'd choose over God. In other words, it's the thing I'd want more than serving. To a multitude of people today, million dollars, big house, pretty wife, or a handsome husband, four cars in the garage and a boat on the speedboat on the lake, and everything you could ever want, and flying to Europe twice a year, and they think that that's the high life in this world. That's exactly opposite of what Christ said to do. He said, if you're going to come after me, here's the way you're going to do it. You're going to deny yourself. Lust is the opposite of denying. It's, take, it's doing exactly what you want to do because that's what you desire. Unrestrained desire and, and fulfilled, that is lust. So I'm drawn away by that. What is that thing? What draws us away? Well, we read it in 1 Timothy 4. Often, not every time, but often, it's seducing spirits. Because it's the thing that appeals to the lust of the flesh. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Because all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. These things are not of the Father, but of the world. Can I ask you a personal question? Don't raise your hand. Never experienced that. You've been drawn away by the thing you think you've just got to have. That's more important to me than the Lord. We don't openly say that. We don't openly say that. No one had ever started out to be a drug addict thought, I'm going to shoot up till I die. They don't think that. They smoke till their lungs are black with tar. And they died. You ever watch? Everybody need to see my daddy die. They'd never smoke another cigarette. 
quit 10 years before he died, it was 10 years too late. Well, it's, I'd really assume that. It's nearly 20 years, actually. Too late. We never, we never started out thinking, I'm going to take me one puff off that cigarette, and in, and in the next 25 years, something that big and smaller than my little finger drags us through life. We'd skip meals to get one. You don't know what you're talking about, preacher. I used to smoke. Grown away from the own lust, enticed, enticed. Oh, this is gonna, this is gonna be better. If I can just get this, it's better than what I got right now. You don't need a bigger house, better car, unless you're living in a cardboard box. You don't need another dollar on the hour. We make too much money now. Money's the problem. The love, well, the love of the money's the problem. Enticed. Anything ever entice you? Boy, Gordon made this statement in Sunday school this morning. I'm giving you credit for this. I hope you're the one who said it. Never seen where I went wrong when I was praying. If trouble's coming my way, all I got to do is start praying, and I'm telling you what, I'll make the right choice if I'm praying when I'm faced with that. Enticement says don't pray about it. Be like Nike, just do it. I'll just do it. Now, that's concerning ourselves. That's when, that's when evil spirits, seducing spirits, demons, that's concerning ourselves when they try to draw you away from where you know you need to be. It's going to cost me somebody right here, but... When we join this church, here's what I ask you. If you're willing to support this church, this body, you, you can come and not be a member and do anything you want to. I'll just preach to you when you come. But if you take the step to obligate yourself to membership, I ask you for three things. Your time, your talent, and your ties. So that means when opportunity is there, this pastor is going to be looking for you. But here's what enticing spirit says. It's just as good on Facebook. Don't go. I'm too tired. Look at me, boys. Don't lay out when you're too tired. Don't you quit. Don't you quit, son. You come when you don't feel like coming. You tell the devil I'm going anyway. When your friends don't want you to come, you say, too bad. I'm committed. I've got to go. I don't have a choice. I told him I was going, and I ain't quitting now. He went all the way for me. 
I'm going all the way for him. I'm not laying it down. I'm not giving it up. Bless God. There's a time and a set place, and when it's there, I'm going to be in my post. I'll tell you this, it's never the Holy Ghost that whispers in your ear, stay at the house. Don't go. Watch it on YouTube. It's better on the video. You can eat popcorn and drink sodas while he's preaching. Don't go. Never does the Holy Ghost say that. Try the spirits. See if they be of God. How are you going to try them? With the word of God. And the word of God says not forsaking the assembling. If you go somewhere just open on Sunday mornings, once a week's church, and that's where you're dedicated to go, more power to you. But this crazy hillbilly preacher thinks three times a week's not enough. I've been in church for about a lot of straight weeks here and I don't even know where I'm going. Somebody said, where are you going Monday? I said, I don't know. I have to look in my book and see. And I'm not tooting my horn. Pat said, you don't have to take every appointment. And I said, it's not you. I answer too. Why don't they call somebody else? Some guy called me the other day and said, he said, when can you come? And I told him, he said, I'll put it down then. I said, nobody wants to do them then. I do. If that's when you can come. He said, I've been praying. God said to get you. You come that week. I'll just be honest. I didn't want to go that week. Because 61 is a far cry from 40. I just don't feel like going. The seducing spirit says, don't go. You're not going to get anything out of it anyway. That's concerning ourselves. I told you we wouldn't get at 12. Ephesians 6 and 12 says this. I'm going to read it so I, won't, so I will not skip one word in my... Ephesians says, 6 and 12 says, For we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. But against what? But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the, this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, James 1 is talking about being drawn of ourselves. Ephesians 6 is talking about others. No matter how mad they make you, no matter what they say about you, Dr. Sam Cathy said, I've learned not to let it bother me personally. He said, you know what it is? They give heed to seducing spirits and demons. And here's the way it is. Can Christians be... Can, can Christians be indwelt by demons. Well, right here's the scripture. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But it's my, he saved my soul. My body's got a lot of problems. 
And the body can be used when we give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. When we allow ourselves, how do we do that? Well, it's pretty easy. All it, all it is, here's what Lot done. First, he just looked at Sodom. So it, it's, it's kind of like this. You kind of move a few seats back. I'll just use this as an analogy, if I may. You move a few seats back. And then the preaching don't affect, you know, you've heard everything I've got anyway. I've been here for so long now. Man, you're used to my biscuits. And then, and then, and then, you know, hey, listen, he ain't going to. He ain't going to bless me. He's going to have somebody else preach on Wednesday anyway. He's going to be gone. I'll just lay out. Pretty much, pretty much you took a few more seats back. And then pretty soon Wednesday night don't mean nothing. And Sunday morning, barely, I'm going to get there for church. I'm just saying, here's how seducing spirits work. And then Sunday night, I, man, I heard him preach for an hour and a half this morning. That's enough to do me for 40 days. I can go 40 days on that meat. I'm telling my young guys, boys, you need it every day. Matthew grew every day. You don't just need it on Wednesdays. You don't just need it on Sunday nights. On Sunday morning, you need it every day. Every day. You go without drinking water three days, it'll begin to show up on you. You know what'll happen? You won't walk right, talk right, you can't do right, and he is the living water. Hey, and we get a drink every time we come. There's some that don't want to drink, and they ain't going to drink. If you throw them in the middle of the ocean or a freshwater lake, let me use that, Lake Michigan, you ain't going to drink nothing. Seducing spirit says, he'll shut up in a little bit. We'll get to go to the house and eat a Big Mac and everything will be good. You know who this is referring to? Wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's not against your children. That's not against your spouse. That's not against your worker, your fellow workers. That's not against your people, your kinfolk. That's not against the church folk. That's not against flesh and blood. It's other things that you're fighting against and you can't even see them. Now he's using them. Them seducing spirits use them, but that's not your problem. The problem is the devil. And we blame it on them. And we get mad and you hurt my feelings. I ain't coming back. I don't even like you anymore. I'll go somewhere else. I'm going to tell you. That guy's going to light on your shoulder. And that, that unholy influence is going to follow you to the next place. And somebody going to say something about you there. And you know what he's looking to do? Kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to tear down anything good in your life. It's for others. Here's how the influence begins. I'm winding down. The influence begins with small things. Negative speaking leads to negative thinking. 
Where's your Bible on that? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You speak negatively about me, and it has larger ripples than you know. I don't care if you talk about me. I don't want you to. I shouldn't say I don't care. I do care. I don't want you to do it, but it's not going to change me if you do. It's not going to change me. Negative. We just begin to think negative. As a, as a man thinketh in his heart, there he is. And so this thing, this thing becomes, it begins, it's a little fox that spoils the vine. It begins as something small. Then it's another step. That's a step. Eve began by just looking at the fruit. I'm just looking at it. The devil said, won't you look at this? TikTok. Look at this. Facebook. Look at this. Internet. Look at this. That's how they began. Look at this. Hey, look here. It won't hurt you. It won't hurt you. Just look one time. One time. And Eve looked. And she seen it. And man, it looked good. Uh, did God say that wouldn't uh, Did God say you can't eat that? Well, he told me not to. Why? That's right. Why? Why did he tell me not to? I'm the mother of all living. And it looks good. And we know by scripture that was the devil himself. Very few in this room's ever confronted by the devil himself. But he's got a host of demons. I mean a host, and it's probably more numerable than the sand of the sea. And he comes by your he comes by on a regular basis. See you, he'll talk to you. And if you ever tell him what bothers you, you ever open your mouth and say, I can't stand. He puts it in the notebook. And I'm guaranteeing it, you're going to be dealing with that on a regular basis. It's influence. He can't indwell us, but he can influence us. I'm going to share one more thing with you, and I'm going to go before I lose everybody. Well, I'm right here at it. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Speaking to the saved people. Wherein in time past, not now, but while you were dead in sin and trespasses, you walked according to the course of this world. Why? According to the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now, I, 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 I've read that. I've quoted that. I've used that. This morning, first time I ever looked that up, see what it meant in the Greek. Disobedience simply means this. Disbelief and rebellion. Here's what it says when it's over. That ain't got a thing to do with me. Not one thing to do with me. Oh, really? 
the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation, lifestyle, our lives, in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. So here's the reality today. How many in here believe that statement's true? Some of us. If that statement's true, if you're not saved, you know what you are? A disbeliever and a rebellion. And the wrath of God abideth on. So I'm doing pretty good. I don't feel like no wrath's on me yet. You're still living. God's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should repent or, or perish, but that all should come to repentance. I don't have to repent. That's to you, preacher. That's exactly right. You don't have to repent. Jesus said, this is Jesus. I'll take his word for it. Repent or perish. Choice is yours. Turn around or keep going down the road you're going and perish. Whatever you want to do. I'll keep going. I'm just going to stop. I'm going to turn around. I'm not going that way anymore. He's here today, so I'll use, a, use him in an illustration. Dusty hates this. He's heard it for a long time now. We're going down the road one day. At this time, he's about 13 years old. Andrew, I might have been coming down y'all's way, down toward Livingston or somewhere. He said, Dad, he's up front, Pat's in the back. I'll never forget, he's vivid if he asked me yesterday. He said, Dad, what if when I turn 18, I decide I just don't want to go your way anymore? I'm going to go another way. What if I go the way of my friends? I'll just go, there's a lot of people don't go the way we go. I'm headed to preach revival, and my thought is this. God, if you've ever given me grace, I need it right now because I don't know what to say. And I didn't say nothing for a few minutes, and the Holy Ghost showed up. and Put it in my heart what to say. I said, I'll tell you what you do, son. You look at your friends. You look around at your friends that don't go this way and what kind of life they have. See how much their parents really love them. <clears throat> I'm going to say boldly to parents today, if you're letting your children raise your, their selves, you don't love your kids. Amen. I said, you look around at them. And we ain't got the biggest house on the block. I don't drive a new car every year. You look how we are. You tell me which one's best. He must have listened. Who are you listening to today? 
I'm going to tell you. A demon can't indwell you, but he can influence you. And the moment that you begin selfish and you begin, and this, this Christian life's a life sacrifice. If you can't look in your life and see where there's a little sacrifice going on for the cause of Christ, I'd do me a little checkup. He's going to require something you you don't, really don't want to do. And the devil's going to say, you don't have to do that. And that's the only truth he'll tell you because you don't have to. But you wish you did. Dr. Sam Cathy said some 40 years ago when he was preaching, if this thing continues on another 10 years like it's going now, he said our people won't even recognize America. He said there'll be women living with women and men living with men and it'll be the norm. He said there'll be people killing each other and they won't think nothing about it. The church houses will be empty and the nightclubs will be full. He said, and those that are having church won't really be having church. They'll be having social gatherings. Forty years ago, and the old man of God died in 2016, and his voice is still ringing clear today. That's absolutely true. Play something, brother. Stand our feet, bow our heads today in the house of God. Something enticing you, something trying to seduce you, the only, listen, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. You need to come and battle against that thing you need to battle for your children. You need to battle against something that's been showing up. You don't know nothing about this preacher. Don't tell me I don't know. I've battled some of them myself. And I stand today in full assurance of the Word of God. And by the Spirit of God that He's helped me. He's helped me and He's brought me through and He fought my battle. Praise God. He fought my battle and I've come out on the other side. He'll fight your battle. Desire diminished. Somebody saying it don't matter. They don't love you anyway. That's not people talking, that's a demon. And he's trying to influence you in a way you shouldn't go and have an attitude that you shouldn't have. People has come to pray. There's still room at the cross for you. She's playing, I surrender all. Any, here's a statement by Dr. Kathy. Anything unsurrendered to Christ is an open door to an evil spirit. To help 
to beat, to draw. And to tear down. And to hurt you. And to hurt the body of Christ. And to hurt our church. To hurt your family. Relationship not going the way you think it ought to go. You might ought to research and see what the problem is. Is they something unsurrendered? I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Father, these plays, someone else needs to come. Relationship not with your parents, what it ought to be, young man, young lady. Trouble following you everywhere you go. Get the captain and the host in to fight the battle. Daniel, 21 days, crying out to God and didn't think God was listening. And he said, hey, I ran into an adversary, but I heard you the first day you prayed. This thing's real. This life is real. Death is real. Salvation is real. Jesus is real. Literal Savior. Literally at, a, at the right hand of the Father. Literal advocate. Intercessor. Our literal king. My help. My stay. My bread. My water. My friend. I'd already gone down in defeat had it not been for the captain of the host. You better know you need him more than you need your husband. You need him more than you need your wife. Oh, yeah. You need him more than you need anything, than your next breath. It's impossible without him. In him, we live, move, and have our being. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.